Mr. Simpson, this government computer can process over nine tax returns per day. Did you really think you could fool it? No, oh, sir, I'm really sorry, sir. An older boy told me to do it. You're looking at five years, minimum. No, sir, please. I can't go to prison. They pee in a cup and throw it on you. I saw it in a movie. You won't be seeing any prison movies where you're going. Prison. No, please, I'll do anything. I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Secret Bore Stories, where I invite guests to count down a personal top five list in high-fidelity fashion. And we're in the lockup tonight. We're banged up, not abroad, just totally banged up, in the slammer. And I am joined by the lifer, the man who puts the max in maximum security prison. It is the jailhouse cock, Max Byrne. Hello, sir. <laughs> uh, hi, Dan. Thank you for that wonderful intro. I just hope I can live up to such a <laughs> magnanimous introduction. That was wonderful. Thank well, you. I, I always, when you're on, I always want to give you as good an intro as you give your guests right, on uh, yeah. mandatory Marvel and DC because they, they, you're the, you're the king of the intro in my eyes. So I try and uh, I try. I want to big you up and give you all the credit you deserve. Um, Thank you. I feel very bigged up. But you're you're a big fan of these top fives as well. So finally, you are here to do your very own top five. Yes. What's, why don't you tell us what we're doing, even though people already know? <laughs> uh, for those that may not, we are going to do our top five prison movies. It's going to get uh, dark and disturbing quite quickly, uh, <laughs> no, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, bear, fair warning, there will be spoilers for these films if you have not seen them. Um, so uh, if you haven't, go away and watch some prison movies, um, you know, if you're in a good mental headspace, because um, you will need to be to watch some of these, because <laughs> you, you will come out the other side, you'll be changed, much like the characters in these films. So, yes, uh, let's get started, Max, because um, we've got a lot to cover. So uh, I would like, as you are the guest, to go first. So what is the first pick in your top five? Yeah, so my five are in no particular order of merit, okay? These are all equally loved in the Byrne household. Well, by me anyway. <laughs> no, one else, no one else in my house likes these films, but I do. And so I've decided just for argument's sake to do them in chronological order of release. So, okay. Um, they're in, there is no particular preference here. So the first one I'm going to do uh, mention is the 1985 Canon Films Extravaganza Runaway Train. Oh, okay. And now this, for those who... who know me or anything about me know how much I adore the Canon films of the 1980s and their 80s output was typically low rent action or martial arts films starring the likes of Michael Dudikoff or Chuck Norris or the great show Kasugi mm. um, which I, I adore all those films but this yes it's a Canon film but it's probably the most uncanon Canon film perhaps ever made in that it's a really well <laughs> a really well made 
wonderfully acted. Uh, we'll get to it was nominated. The actors in here were nominated for all the, the top prizes come awards season. Mm. Um, it's really grounded film. Um, it's got a great cast, John Voight, Eric Roberts, Rebecca De Mornay. And it's a really great, gritty, hardcore story. And it's one I can't recommend enough. I think you've seen it too, haven't you? I did. I watched it the other day because I hadn't seen it. And I have to agree with you. There is some... It, I will I will say sometimes it does border on kind of almost a little too much, I am acting, uh, a little <laughs> bit for me sometimes, uh, especially some of the John Voight and Eric Roberts stuff. But um, but it, no, it's an enjoyable film. Um Again, you get that kind of like it's a pretty dodgy prison as well. Like people are like welded into their cells. Yeah, yeah. Voight's character is like this. Um, I think he's called Manny. Manny Oscar Oscar Manny Mannheim, and he's like this ruthless arm robber who's been literally welded into his cell for three fucking years in in solitary confinement. And it's only like some kind of uh, court order that has forced the warden at the start of the film cut him out of his solitary confinement because it's against his human rights, I guess, and allow him back into the general population. I mean, that's quite an interesting thing as well, actually. It's like your two male leads in this film, John Voight's character and Eric Roberts' character, are your sort of de facto heroes of the piece, but mm. they are two absolute pieces of human waste, to be honest with you. They are yeah. dreadful, dreadful people, but you're, you're supposed to root for them during the course of this film, so it's quite strange. It is. Way to view your lead characters. I think, yeah, like, obviously, John Voight's character is like a killer. He's like <laughs> he's escaped several prisons. And uh, Eric Roberts is like a statutory rapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At first, you don't know why, why he's in there. And he, mm. he's a bit, he seems a bit simple as well during yeah. this. Like, um, like Voight's character is like quite intelligent and conniving and cunning mm. and ruthless. Whereas Voight's like, uh, sorry, Roberts's character, um, who's called Bud, uh, not Bud Book, sorry. Mm. He's kind of along for the ride, isn't he? And sort of riding Voight's coattails. But yeah, you, you learn later, he's that's what he's gone down for. So they're two pretty <laughs> despicable, despicable men. But yeah. those are your, your heroes. I think it, it kind of helps helps that they've made the warden such a, a sadistic character in oh, this yeah. as well. It gives them someone evil to play off to kind of garner a bit more sympathy for them. In fact, every film I've se- selected here has a, a, a truly sadistic warden. <laughs> Actually, it's sort of a, a common theme amongst all these films. A warden is a piece of work. There's no mm. firm no firm but fair in my selections. <laughs> um but yeah, it, do, it does work really well. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange actually. This film was actually this, the original script was written by none other than Akira Kurosawa. Would you believe? No way, really. Yes way. Back in the nineteen sixties, Akira Kurosawa. I mean, I, I would imagine his original script probably got chopped up and, and yeah. changed and, and contemporized to fit the uh, the mood of the times. Obviously, being made twenty years later. But yeah, Akira Kurosawa wrote the original script. Wow. In the 1960s, he had this idea of two escaped convicts on a on a train that, that includes the title, a runaway train that can't be stopped. Mm. Uh, and it kind of it kind of just sat on the shelf for 20 years for various reasons, you know, sure. never got off the ground. And all of a sudden it was picked up and, and ran within the in the mid-1980s of all time. So yeah, like obviously, you know, summarize no stranger to this show, is it? You've done your summarize True. shows with Andrew. So yeah. You know, the great, great Akira Kurosawa wrote this original script. It's, it's it's bonkers to think that, isn't it? A canon film written by Akira Kurosawa is a mental idea. Was it was it nominated? Were they nominated for Oscars, you were saying? Were some of the actors or Yeah, Voight and Roberts were both nominated for Academy Awards for leading actor and support and actor, respectively. Wow. Didn't win, but they were both nominated. And they were both nominated for Golden Globes, and Voight actually won oh, for this right, film. Nice. So he he won the Golden Globe for this role. I mean, Voight now has become like this really weird right yeah. political he's the most bag. 
pro Donald Trump celebrity I think there is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't want that to take away from his career as an actor. I think he's sure. a fab I think even to this day is a fabulous actor. Very there are, there are some horrible monsters in Hollywood, but yes. a lot of them are quite talented, unfortunately. Uh, Ex- you know, exactly, yeah. 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 I, I'm a, I was a fan of Kevin Spacey. You know, he is a talented actor, but he's also a fucking monster. Anyway, uh yeah, I I, I quite enjoyed this. I liked that Rebe- Rebecca de Mornay was basically unrecognizable as well. Mm. I, I loved I loved her role in it um as the kind of the train driver that gets the engineer that gets knocked out and then she wakes up as she hits the because they hit that caboose um because they, they don't move the train fast enough i love i absolutely love the um all the controllers of the trains and uh, the computer technicians and they're like all stressing out and saying well how do we fix this how do we stop it and just trying to figure it out and and they're all these up to date computer monitors and stuff it reminded me a little bit of um taking Pelham one two three yes uh, yeah. there's a little bit of that in there um I, I like that that there's there's a fair bit of comedy as well even though it's quite brutal and dark and and sinister but yeah I, I really enjoyed it I got a lot out of it um again it's not I, I will say it, it's not set primarily in the prison but it does it does have that vibe and the characters carry that with them that the their experiences do inform the story on the runaway train in a way they go they go from one prison to another because uh, they can't get out they can't get off without dying or breaking all their bones and stuff and it's really yeah it's some really there is some really intense moments some really intense acting and 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 considering there's not really that many kind of people in the situation and and they're not known to be on the train for a very long time but then when it's figured out obviously that all the the controllers are trying to figure out how to how to get them off the train and stop it or slow it down it's going to hit this chemical plant and stuff um but i can kind of see a little the kurosawa-esque elements to it actually thinking about it now and the kind of some of the shots and and some of the kind of the poetic dialogue a little bit as well there's something about it there still even though it's got gone through a canon lens but like you said it is probably the least canon of canon films you know it's 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 really really fascinating but i think it's a it's a really good choice um for this for this prison uh, movie top 5 list i would recommend it to anyone who who's thinking of watching it it's you know, it's 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 very well made. The acting's obviously, you know, the nominations speak for themselves. The acting's of a high standard. You've got some great little cameos as well. Danny Trejo's in it. I think yeah. it's one of his first ever roles. Uh, Tiny Lister as well. Um, yes, crop, yeah. Crops up in it as well as like a, a guard of some description. A professional criminal Eddie Bunker is, <laughs> is, <laughs> is in it, who's just, I think he's the go-to guy, or was the go-to guy in Hollywood for any sort of crime-based, prison-based, Based mm. film, mm. Um, so it does have an authenticity to it. That prison feels. Oh yeah, definitely. Because oh, it's it's maximum security. It's worst of the worst in there. It really is. Yeah, and you get do get a sense of that. Um, it, even it's, though it's you're at, like on yeah. a mountain top almost. It's in this you know it's icy wasteland. It, it looks like it barely gets you know they talk they have to like grease themselves up when they leave to keep themselves warm and stuff and uh, it is like it feels like it's unescapable, inescapable, and you know some vicious criminals in there and and it's not somewhere you want to be which is you know a lot of prisons i like that unfortunately um but yeah really really uh really good choice anything else you want to say about that before we move on just that i think it's just one of those films where you can probably watch it and, and get something out of it there's probably a this although it's 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 it, it moves fast and it's it's perhaps not the sort of most in-depth script ever written it, you know there's a sort of a moral 
tale to it, I suppose. And, hmm. you know, criminals are criminals, but, you know, there's a, there's a human side behind these, these bad people, essentially, you know, and all they have to go through to, like you said, this, this bizarre prison in Alaska or whatever it is, where you've got to journey for hours and swim across an icy river before you get anywhere near a train station. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's one of those films that once it starts, it never stops. It is the runaway train's quite a good what's the word I'm looking metaphor for? for metaphor. It, I guess, that's yeah. forgive me, metaphor for it because <laughs> it just feels the film's perpetually in forward motion, literally till the very end. It's um, no, it's, it's a good one. It's great, definitely great what you get action sequences in. as well, like with the helicopter and they're trying to climb the train and you know and the fights and stuff are quite brutal. Like you get Voight gets stabbed in the uh, the boxing ring and everything. It's very visceral uh, and it does really grab you, like you said, from the get go and until the very end no it's good yeah the same director went on to direct tango and cash you know as well so really and that what happens in that film two men escape from prison so maybe that was his motif Ah. Uh, andrei konchalovsky is his name a russian uh who who sort of made his mark in russian cinema and then transferred to hollywood in the 80s so uh yeah i would definitely recommend it highly and we've got our favorite maniac cop in that one robert zadar he's uh he's in that (laughs) Anything with Zadar in, I'm there. You know this. Sold, sold. Uh, Samurai Cop, you name it. Uh, Right. (laughs) Well, uh, you've done enough talking, I think, so you can shut up. I'm going to do my pick now. Um, So I I know that we talked about uh, us looking at kind of women in prison films. And uh, and you said you might get in trouble with the old misses if you started watching some of them. Uh, So I've done all that hard work for us. Um, Bless you. It can be a little bit of a nicky kind of film genre. Um, obviously, it can kind of fall into a kind of, you know, rape, molestation. Well, I mean, the, to be honest, that's just prison films anyway. A lot of this stuff is, you know, the violence, the torture, the humiliation, everything comes in that. Um, so I've, I've picked the next one, and it is uh, 1982's Scrubbers. Right. So it, is com- it comes from the producer, one of the producers, one of the writers of Scum with uh, Ray mm. Winston, which is about the young lads in the uh, UK Borstal. Um, so this is basically a kind of a spiritual sequel and it follows um, a female Borstal and the the uh, the uh, offenders that are in are in there. Uh, you've got uh, young uh, Kathy Burke. Kathy yeah, Burke? she's in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Kathy Burke. Uh, this is her first kind of film role and she's fantastic in it. Um, and a few others. You got uh, Pam St. Clements in there, and uh, Miriam Margolis is in it. Oh, yeah. So it's a real kind of who's who of like British female acting talent. Um, it's it's quite what I like about it is it does kind of escape a lot of those kind of trappings of those women in those sleazy kind of women in prison films. What you expect to see, like you know, abundance of nudity and all mm-hmm. sort of this weird and horrible stuff. Um, it's quite sensitive and it's also quite funny, which a lot of them in my picks <laughs> definitely are not. There's not much fun to be had in prison. Uh, but this was directed by you know the grandmother in the witches. Yes. It's yes. that this film is directed by her and she was a bit of a kind of a sex pot actress in her day. I think she's from, I want to say Scandinavia or Sweden or somewhere, somewhere in the EU. Yeah. She has an accent like that in the witches. Yeah. 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 yeah so she, she comes and I think she adds a lot and she writes as well. And she uh, added a lot to this. And it's basically about two main characters. Uh, one is, is they've just escaped a borstal. Uh, one is, is looking to get back into a borstal, but a different one where her girlfriend is. And the other one is trying to to track down her daughter and basically, you know, take her away and look after her and be a mum to her daughter. And unfortunately, they because one of them wants to be caught, she does some, you know, ridiculous stuff and, you know, steals a van, steals a truck. 
And then they both end up in a, the same ball store, a different ball store. And uh, the girlfriend of the girl he was looking for is with somebody else. So there's that tension. And then the mum comes in and she's like, you've ruined my chance to be free with my daughter. I'm going to fucking shiv you. So it's a very much kind of in that bad girl's style, but it kind of avoids all that kind of cheesy, like I'll cut your tits off and put me in a carry and all that, <laughs> all that shit that, that bad girls was kind of known for. Yeah. Um, but some really good performances in it. There's a, there's a woman, there's a character in it who sings loads of dirty limericks, which is great. There's a lot to to enjoy about it without without you know getting it. I mean, it's depressing and it's dark and it's you know it's it's one of those. It's quite grim and gritty. It's like you know eighties written, so it's bound to be all of those things. Hmm. But it's really good, and I I really really enjoyed it. It's on it's on BritBox. Uh, if you've got BritBox, so go and go and check that out, or you know sign up for for a day and just just watch Scrubbers. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had to have it just for the just for the title. I mean, I don't. Think anyone gets called a scrubber anymore but back in my day everyone was like oh you dirty scrubber oh we have a washer a week oh what a dirty scrubber <laughs> when i was at school if you pick money up off the floor you were called a scrubber <laughs> bloody hell some kids some kids are awful i think yeah. maybe maybe being in school is a lot like a prison as well maybe Quite possibly, yeah. Possibly, um, but yeah, check that check that one out. I I really enjoyed that. I got a lot a lot out of it. Again, it's it, it's it's really sensitive, and uh, one of the standout moments is when someone has some shit thrown at their face. Nice. And who doesn't nice. want that? Who doesn't want that in a film? No, yeah. no. Does it have the same level of violence as Scum? Then you know, we're saying it's kind of like a spiritual sequel, does it? Um, no, I think it, it stays away. There is some violence. There is yeah. some brutality. I think towards the end, it kind of ramps up a little bit, but it kind of it kind of deviates from that, and you get more of a, an understanding, a background for these characters, and like one's a clean freak, and she's always cleaning a cell, and yeah. and one's just after fags and stuff. So they've all got their own little characters and and uniqueness and. You know, one of the characters gets out and is like, what do I do? Where do I go? And they're like, well, you can't stay here, so piss off. Uh, you know, so she just goes and leaves and, you know, and she's so keen on getting out and, you know, and there's tattoos made and people fall in love and yeah. and they do like a performance as well and like a theatre performance of stuff. And, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to be had and a lot of fun to be had with it, but also it is quite – there's there's a lot of sensitivity to it. And the, and the ending is quite heartbreaking as well. But again, I won't spoil it because I'd like people to go and see that. But check out Scrubbers. Mm. Uh, right. What's next for you, Max? Right. Well, I've gone from a film that was nominated for acting Oscars to one that has no fucking chance of ever being nominated for any <laughs> acting Oscars. But perhaps it should. This is a film that you turned me on to a few weeks ago, actually. So thank you. Mm. Thank you. And not thank you at the same time, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure where I stand on this particular masterpiece. Um, but it is, we're moving up slightly through the year to 1991, Hong Kong martial arts splatter film, Ricky O, colon, The Story of Ricky. Wow, what a film. What <laughs> a film. Uh, I do recommend, if you do watch it, Mm. watch the dub because I think the dub makes it a lot more entertaining the subtitles are fine but it's it kind of feeds into the ridiculous over the topness of it but tell us tell us a bit more about it Max well you've said over the top and I think that sums this film up in a nutshell this is the most over the top film in terms of brutality and violence but the violence is so OTT and unrealistic that it renders it not violent if that makes sense it's it's I mean you can see that apparently this film was the inspiration for the Mortal Kombat video games in some ways and you can see I mean the, yeah. the, even the lead character looks like Liu Kang 
from Mortal yeah, Kombat. Yeah, I've never He's the, with, with the mullet and walking around with the top off and just the, the black trousers. He looks exactly like Liu Kang did in those uh, those early games. Uh, but yeah, this is the it's a Hong Kong film and, and martial arts splatter is perfect. I don't know if that's a genre that has any more films in it other than this one, but if there is, I'd like to see them. Um, it came out in 19, but it's set in 2001. So it's set... Mm. A bit in the future, and the main character he's called well. Sometimes he's called Lick Wong, and sometimes he's called Ricky Ho. Okay. Uh, there's there's two names for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's a martial artist who gets sent to this um, high security correctional facility for manslaughter. He, he basically kills this crime lord who didn't kill his girlfriend, was but was kind of directly responsible for his girlfriend's death because she sees them doing like a, some kind of drug deal and they chase her and she goes off a, a roof and and plunges to a death. So Ricky uh, goes and kills these thugs and even gets shot multiple times in the chest and survives. And then you learn later when he's going through the metal detector in prison that the bullets are still in his chest and he refused to have them removed surgically because he wants them as a reminder, even though his chest has like zero yeah. scars on it or any but- notion that anything was that, you know, he's just got their bulging pecs. There's no um, notion of that. And this this prison, it's like your archetypal corrupt prison. <laughs> the, the growing opium so, in... Sorry, it's yeah, not an on. archetypal prison at all. <laughs> it's the most bizarre <laughs> prison that's ever been on screen, I think. You've got, uh, it, you've got superhuman gang members who rule each block that are working yeah, for... Yeah. For the uh, you've got you've got the administrative warden, and then you've got the main warden who turns up later with his like utterly ridiculous son as well. It's like it's based on a Japanese manga. I thought it was a Japanese film initially, but it's a Japanese manga, but it's a Hong Kong film. Mm. Um, so uh, and and you can definitely tell that you can see the Japanese influence on it. But the martial arts are really good, really incredible, well shot. But it's just fucking bizarre this whole film uh, but i love it because yeah. again and again it's not a traditional prison film it is set entirely in the prison but like oh, apart from some flashbacks but yeah it is a truly unique experience i think once you see it you will never be the same i i brought i brought dennis around and he was like what should we watch we want to watch something we like we've got some takeaway and stuff and i went let me put rickio on i think i think you'll appreciate it and we were crying with laughter uh just in shock and awe about the just the insane amount of violence tell tell, tell us about some of the just the insane violence some of the acts that riccio does or some of the oh, characters do. my god there is one part where the the um the, like you said the administrative warden the deputy warden he's called warden dan who's like the most archetypal character he's got he's got a false hand a false eye in his office he's got like a row of like japanese porno videos up on the wall which you, you know they're just there he keeps drugs in his false eye as well he, he's like the worst of the worst and at one point he tries to shoot uh ricky ho luke Lu, wong <laughs> and um he sort of deflects the bullets away with his bare hands and then punches the air so hard that the warden is like physically affected by the fact that he punches the air. There's a, there's a brilliant fight as well, where he's fighting a guy and the, the guy cuts a hole in his stomach and pulls his own uh, intestines out and then uses them to try and strangle Ricky Ho, like strangling someone with your own intestines. And then they just kind of, I think, end up going back in and no one's a what, you know, no one cares. There's one point where Ricky like gets, I think he gets like his arm Slit or something. And he's, I think it's like, like a he, tendon or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he basically like ties a knot in his own tendon or his own vein or something like that, so he can carry on fighting. It is just it's so 
over the top and great. It really is. Uh, like the other, like you said, the, the main warden who turns up with this, this sort of man-child son who's sort of dressed like Billy Bunter or something like this. It's like, well, it's like, it's like a little Jimmy Cranky or something, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. It's like a, a Hong Kong uh, Jeanette Cranky. At the end, the end fight, the warden suddenly like turns into the Incredible Hulk. I, I mean, maybe I missed that, the narrative plot point that kind of explains why that happens. He, he said, oh, because Riccio's kind of superhuman. It's implied that he's yeah, superhuman yeah, yeah. who's yeah. born with, with strength and he's been yeah. trained in the martial arts. Uh, by his uncle, who throws people's gravestones at him, uh, quite disrespectful, I think. <laughs> and and he, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm the strongest." And then all of a sudden, he just hulks out, and everyone's very snotty in this. Everyone's got this, all this snot pouring down. This big tubby guy comes and he comes to beat him up, and and he just punches him in the stomach, and then just pulls all his guts out. You know, it, it just it keeps escalating in violence. And and again, like Riccio doesn't seem to have a weakness really. He just gets beaten up. Every for a little bit, gets subdued, then it comes back even stronger, and then again, and then again, and again. And obviously, all the holes in this film and all the you know the plot and the logic, you just throw it out the window because you, you, it's not going to make any sense. But the the practical effects are great; they're so fun, they're so ridiculous, so over the top. You know, uh, if, if you're looking for an insanely violent, silly, fun film to watch, like if you're, if you've got a house party on. You know, you're not really paying attention. You don't need to, because every so often there's just going to be some insane violence that you're just going to enjoy and be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Um, they did. They did. They did. A, 88 films did a release of this recently, so I highly recommend somebody going. If you want to see this, go and pick it up. It is available digitally on iTunes as well. If you want to get it that way, but yeah, it's it's mental. Like I don't even know what else we can say about it other than it's just fucking insane. It is probably the most batshit film I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's why I love it so much. I mean, he was only 18 as well, you know, the, the lead yeah. actor, Fan, really? Fan, Fan Siu Wong, I think is his name. Mm. 18 years old when this film was made. Wow. Um, and he looks he looks sort of mid-20s, I would suggest. Yeah, early 20s. I think say, that's yeah. where they're pitching his character's age at. Yeah, but he was a literal teenager. And, wow. it, you know, his, his martial arts skills are, are excellent. But it it is, it's so, it's one of the more campus films I've ever seen as well. It really. Oh. Is but it all adds to the it all goes in the melting pot to make this wonderful just explosion of a film. It's it's it, it is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's just if, if you've got a sensitive stomach, maybe don't watch it because yeah, there's probably. a lot of blood and guts in it, but it's so OTT and so larger than life that you can't really be horrified at it because no. it's so unrealistic. The, yeah, the, act, the acts that take place, it's not like some despicable, grotesque horror film as such. It's just it's just you just got to sort of Take your brain out of your head. Well, punch your brain out of your head, yeah. Ricky, o, Ricky O style, Absolutely. and just and just <laughs> and just watch it for what it is. It is it is just ninety minutes of pure escapism. I would say. Uh, did, didn't you watch this with your partner as well? I did. I watched it with Sarah, my other half, because I, I I bought the the eighty eight films Blu ray. Uh, specifically to watch it and uh, we we watched it in uh, in bed that's the kind of king of romance i am i put it <laughs> i put it on it <laughs> when we were uh, in bed just uh, one evening and, I, and uh, you know she was kind of sort of half watching it half you know messing about on the phone while sure. i'm watching it and um, at the end the end fight where he fights hulk warden and mm. it ends with a really OTT meat grinder disposal. She, she it finished and she kind of turned to me and went, you don't have to watch some shit, you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't have a leg to stand on, Dan, I'll be honest with you. But no, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't disagree <laughs> with that. Even though it's kind of, it's a cinematic gem in its own right. But mm. yeah, again, 
much like much like some of the other films I'm sure we'll discuss, it might not be worthy of those awards. But um, I, I would absolutely agree with you. Absolutely check it out because it's just it has to be seen to be believed. As we can't, even us describing it now is not giving it enough credit. <laughs> no, definitely not. I you you can't do uh, sort of v- verbal descriptions of what you're going to see in this film. Just go and see it, people. That's all I can say. Un- undescribable, indescribable film. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, uh, I'm going to move on to my next choice, which is another kind of uh, sci-fi set in the future, the not not too distant future, um, prison dystopia. Um, this is called The Platform. So it's a 2019 film. It was released on Netflix. Uh, I'm not entirely sure where it comes from originally. Should have looked that up, really. Um, it's a Spanish film, I believe. Spanish. There we go. Yeah, but I, I was thinking Spanish, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to say just in case I was wrong, but we'll go with Spanish. But uh, it is, yeah, it's basically about a prison, which is it's multi-layered, and it, it, there is a platform that routinely drops down, and there's prisoners on every level. Apparently, it, it starts off with the most food at the top, and as it goes down, there is less and less food. Yeah. So it is obviously on the lower levels. People are obviously starving because most of the people are being up top are being quite greedy. And uh, people are resulting to cannibalism and murder and all sorts of stuff. And our main character is in there, not because he's committed a crime. He's in there because he wants a diploma. So if he, if he spends like six months in there, survives, he'll, get, he'll come out and get a diploma. And every month they are moved from a different platform. So they could end up on level 21 or level 346. It is completely random. Wow. So you could be, you know, right at the top. Um, but again, there's no way to there's no way to store food because they turn up the heat every time you store food. Um, there's no way to get back up to the top, really, because it moves too quickly, the platform, when it returns to the top. It is a really interesting film, and it's very, it's arguably probably the most political film on my list as well, because it's definitely saying something about greed, the haves and the have-nots, um, society. Are we all just, you know, giving into these animalistic tendencies? But it's really fascinating. It's very brutal. It's very, it's very interesting. There's a lot being said. And there's there's characters again another another film where someone has uh, shit thrown at their face. Um, there's a there's a there's a common theme in my films, uh, <laughs> clearly. Uh, but there's yeah it's it's really beautiful in a way and mm. brutal at the same time. But it's really interesting. There's there's this young woman who is riding the platform down because she's trying to find her daughter. Her daughter is apparently in the prison, even oh. though the the people at the top uh, have said they don't do that. That's not. That's not involved. And even one of the people that put the main character in there has also gone in there as well. And they're all allowed to take one thing in. So this woman took in her dog. The main character took in a copy of Don Quixote. You know, um, one guy takes in a knife, obviously. That's uh, Chekhov's knife. That definitely gets used. And it's it's very interesting to see how how the, the different levels treat each other and how that, that dynamic shifts and how it affects the characters and how being on top can make you more of an arsehole and you'll and being a bit below like it could make you even more of an arsehole or murderer potentially or a cannibal it's really quite fascinating but the the main character decides that he need they need to send a message to the people at the top and it every so often it will go to the top and it'll show you this big lavish 
um, kind of dining room and kitchen with all this food on, all the kind of stuff that's going on. And and clearly, I think it might have been a, a very pointed political film. So maybe maybe it was talking about Spain or another particularly Spanish country or mm. wherever it's from. It might be you know aimed at those particular leaders or something and trying to say you know what are you do really doing for the people. This is torture. This is you know this is how we treat people. Like surely we should treat everyone the same. And and yeah, that's that's effective of the film. I, again, if I talk about it too much, it would spoil the film. But it's again, it's readily available on Netflix. Check it out. Um, there's a lot to like about it. I really, really dug uh, what they were trying to do and what they were trying to say in this. I don't know if you've seen it, Max. I haven't seen it. No, but I'm going to. It does sound like there's quite like a horror element to it. Then. Oh yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's definitely quite horrific. Um, when they uh, when they just they decide to basically uh, they decide to basically ride the platform to see where it goes. They try and calculate how many levels there are. Um, they said, oh, I've, I've counted how long it takes for the platform to reach all the levels. And I guess it's around 300, but they're never 100% sure. And they decide to ride the platform. That's part of this message they want to give out uh, and give the people at the top is they're deciding to ride the platform to the bottom and then return to the top uh, and try and, you know, try and say, you know, what the fuck are you doing? You can't treat people like this. Um, and the, the lower they get, the more kind of terrifying and the more kind of brutal and crazy people are, is the lower you get and the more desperate people are. Um, but yeah, really quite a fascinating film. You know, it's a modern film. It looks good. And there's, yeah, there's a lot to, there's a lot to say and there's a lot to take out of it. And I think, I think most people would enjoy it if they watched it. Yeah. Sounds excellent. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch that. Give it a go. Give it a go. But yeah, I've not got much else to say about that one. Yes. Yeah. That is, that is the platform. So that's 2019's the platform on Netflix. I didn't look up who made it and all the other people like you did, Max, because you're good at that stuff and I'm rubbish. Um, so go and check, just IMDb it, Platform 2019, Netflix, or watch it, whatever. Do what you want. Max, what's next? Right, we're moving forward just, just a mere year to 1992 we're going to now. Ooh. And this is um, another prison film, but it's a science fixy science fiction-y, action-y kind of film. And it's the 1992 classic from Christopher Lambert or Christophe Lambert, as, uh, to give him his correct pronunciation, and it is Fortress. Oh, what a shout. What a good shout. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, th- this is a film I enjoyed when it when it came out as a, you know, as a teenager. It was right up my street. This was Lambert was in his peak years here, you know. Not for, it's not too many years out from Highlander. I think this was probably a couple of years after Highlander 2. He was in, you know, he was in his prime of sort of making Hollywood style films on decent level budgets before he sort of, you know descended into sort of semi-obscurity really these days which, yeah, is, which is a real shame but it's a good it's a good film it's it's very well made for its time it's it's um again it's a futuristic set film it came out in 92 but it's set in 2017 and the rules in america in 2017 are every couple can have one child and one child only that's mm. it must be you know to control the population and what have you and his character, John Brennick, and his wife are trying to cross the border into Canada where the same rules don't apply because his wife is pregnant with their second child. Now, their first child died as a newborn or, mm. you know, it's inferred, you know, they were a baby when they died. But even under those circumstances, you're not allowed to have a second child, yeah? So even if your first child has, has, has passed away, you cannot conceive again for a second time. Sure. So they're caught at the border and he's dragged off to prison and sentenced to 30 years or 
I think it's 31 years, actually, which is a really odd sentence, but there you go. At this max private maximum security prison, which is sort of deep underground in this, this pit in the middle of the desert. Um, it's kind of like a high-tech version of the prison in the Dark Knight Rises, actually, in some ways. Yeah, you know? I guess, yeah. A pit in the middle of literal nowhere. And you, you, you're fitted, when you go in, you're fitted with this sort of, they call them an intestinator, which is like a little sort of circular ball that's implanted down into your stomach. And if you misbehave or, you know, you do anything that basically the warden takes exception to, your intestinator is switched on and you're subjected to like excruciating abdominal pain. So obviously the story is about Christopher Lambert's character basically trying to escape when he, because he presumes his wife has either died or made it into Canada. But when he learns she's in the women's section of the prison, it's all about him trying to figure out how to escape. It's got a good cast. Of, uh, Vern, the magnificent Vernon Wells is in it, a.k.a. Bennett from Commando. Yes. Uh, bringing his own sort of unique version, you know, his unique um, delivery of sort of camp villainry. Nobody, <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody does okay. it better. Nobody does it better, whether it's this, Commando, Mad Max 2. Mm. He does camp and menace him brilliantly. His character's a little on the nose. He's got like 187 tattooed on his forehead. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like the um, sort of penal code for murder or something like that so it kind of does what it says on the tin so he's kind of like a you know one-dimensional prison prison bully they're in these sort of ridiculously crowded cells with like two bunk beds in but that there's, there's five blokes to a cell or sleeping on the floor and what have you so he you know he bands together with his cellmates to try and devise this master plan the brilliant kurtwood smith plays the, yes. uh, the prison Clarence Bodica himself mm. from from Robocop of course plays this um the the warden um who's sort of part cyborg or something like this yeah yeah he's sort of been assimilated by this, this corporation that owns the prison the mentel where that's supposed to be mental <laughs> corporation <laughs> corporation it's a bit mental yeah yeah that um own this prison it's like not state-owned, um, and he's the warden, but he's sort of had his internal organs replaced with machinery, so he's like... And the prison's run by this AI as well that he, he works with. Um, so it's just... It's a really good... It's very early 90s in its execution. It, it has a very... It has a real look and vibe of, like, Total Recall to it, the way it, the way it looks, and, and the music's quite similar as well. Mm. It's very much of its time, but it's a great sort of 90 minutes sci-fi action, prison break kind of film... You could do a lot worse than watch this, I would say. I absolutely agree. I, I did a double bill of this with another really good film called A Wedlock, which is with uh, with Rutger Hauer, which is it's got a similar premise because instead of the intestinator, they've got these collars. And if they, they've got a partner in within the prison that they don't know who it is, and if they move too far away from them, the, the collars explode and they die. So right. they're allowed to like walk about, but as long as they don't go too far away from their other their wedlock partner. Right. Um uh, that's that's uh, fine. This is that's available on YouTube as well. If you want to watch Wedlock, um, Rutger Hauer, you've got um, bloody Dexter's dad's in it. Um, all all sort of Joanne. Oh, uh, James Remar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joan yeah. Chen's in it as well. Is great. Uh, and uh, Mimi Rogers is in it. So check that one out. It's very similar, and it it does really ma- it does make a real good double bill with this. Fortress is great. Stuart Gordon 
Um, I'm a huge fan. Speaking of like insane levels of gore, he did like Reanimator and um, Be- From Beyond and things like. I'm always a big fan of his stuff. And, yeah. and, and he also and it, wrote the script for Honey I Shrunk the Kids, which is uh, diversity in extreme. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> him and uh, him and Mr. Uh, Brian Yuzner, I'm, I'm a big fan of as well, and they yeah. work together a lot. Um, but yeah, it works really well. And you've got you've even got Herbert West, the Reanimator, in this, haven't you? Um, yeah, he's called. It, he's one of his cellmates. I think he's called mm. D-Day, D-Day. Or, or something like yeah. this. And he's something, the, he's the yeah. tech guy, isn't he? He figures out how to use the intestinator because there's and like it's a like to be fair, like it's a heavily like you've got robots running around, they've got laser cells, they've got the intestinators, they've got a giant Gatling gun that's gonna shoot them. So like they're hard, like this is like one of the more hardcore prisons, I think, on this list, on either your or my list, because I think, you know, they just think, right, we need more and more obstacles and stuff. And yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. I thought the villain was good. Um there's a, there's a lot there's a lot there and there's a lot to I, I think if anything it's becoming more and more relevant with you know like overpopulation and mm. I think China have a similar rule where you know you can't you can only have like one child I believe or something like that I believe because mm. uh, they're quite obviously overpopulated and stuff so you know and you know 2017 wasn't wasn't the greatest time for for women and and <laughs> you know with Trump in power and stuff so I yeah. totally uh, totally can see you know fortress being a thing so we've gone from platform and underground prison to another underground prison but no absolute great performances great fun proper cheese b-movie sci-fi fun to be had so yeah check that one out as well absolutely yeah there is a sequel to it fortress 2 re-entry oh okay <laughs> where where he kind of it's it's set 10 years on and his son has um aged 10 years okay. um and he basically gets recaptured and sent to a new prison but it's a it's an orbital space station where he's sent and they have to obviously find their way back, but it's 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 vastly inferior. It was I think it came out in about two thousand, and was probably made for about two thousand pounds as well. It, <laughs> it, make, it. it makes the budget for this one look like you know the budget for Avatar, if that makes sense. It, it really is just really poor fare. But this one's good, despite having the most abrupt end to a film I think I've ever yeah, seen a, in a my entire bit. life. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen well on this show. I've seen a lot of abrupt endings, so uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's that abrupt. Um, you know, if you've, if you've seen The Hills Have Eyes, that's a fucking abrupt ending. <laughs> if I've ever seen one, um, but yeah, absolutely amazing choice. I, I highly agree. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I watched it as well. It was well, well worth my time sitting down. Uh, some of these prison films have not been the easiest to watch, but that one was a lot of fun. So uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well. The next one is going to be interesting for me because it's a bit of a sporty one, and I'm not really a sporty person. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of football. Um, it's it's not really my bag. I get why people like it and stuff, but it's just it's not for me. It's not my bag. However, this film made me care about football, so it's clearly doing something really good for me to give two shits about a football game, um, and it is uh, 1981's Escape to Victory. Yes. Clearly, you're a fan, Max. Uh, Escape to Victory is a World War II set football match, basically. Um, The prisoners of war are challenged by a German officer to play a a game with their, you know, high-level ranking German officers. Uh, And obviously, Michael Caine is a a former footballer turned soldier, and he notices that they're just kicking the ball around. He's like, right, let's have a game. And he's like, well, I can't play with these kits. I can't play... They need food. They need training. They need all this. You know, you can't just get us to to play against these high-ranking, practiced, well-trained German officers. It's just going to be, you know, a washout. 
And he goes, all right, well, if I can get you the stuff, I can get you the kit, I can get you all this. Do you think, you think, you know, just maybe a little friendly game? And he's like, yeah, all right then, why not? Why not? <laughs> and uh, so that's that's how it begins. And and in a way, the, the football game is actually quite a minor part of the plot because it, it, as it goes on, it's got, um, so it's got a great cast for like straight away, it's got a great cast. Um, I think it's a John Huston film as well. It is. Which is, again, classic filmmaker behind the camera. Michael Caine, Max von Sydow, Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> Pele, and Bobby Moore. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know those football. I, I did have to look them up because I went. I'm pretty sure they're famous footballers. So let's let's look them up. Um, <laughs> and they're fine in it. Um, but yeah, it, it it transpires that this becomes like Ger- the German kind of high command get whiff of this, and they're like. Actually, this could be a real good kind of moral, kind of political, you know, um, uh, what's the what's the word? Propaganda victory yeah, for yeah. for the for the Fourth Reich, uh, and the, and it, and it just kind of gets more and more out of control. And they're playing in France, and they're playing everybody, and the, all the France the French crowd are there, and they've got this very English sounding Nazi commentator. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's great because he's just like oh and they're playing football oh they're really struggling against the German team and da, 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 da. and he's like oh listen to that crowd when the Germans scored and he he turns up some fake audio of, of the crowd cheering and you just and you see you hear the crowd cheering in the tape and then you look at them they're all fucking miserable like why are we even watching this but it's great and it has Stallone kind of probably at his most irritating I'd say he's pretty irritating in this one I like him but it's just like. I was just like, come on, come on, Stallone. Like, I want you to be likable. He's just like, you know, I don't know what it is about this this film, but I kind of, again, I didn't, he is irritating in it, but I kind of didn't mind it because he's kind of supposed to be annoying and and brash and he's got, he's got a mouth on him and he's, he's tackling people like it's American football when it's not. And they're like, what are you doing? It's like, I play American style. He's like, Mm. shut up, get off. Um, And, but like with all this, like it's an absolutely ludicrous plot. It's it's mental. It's it's stupid. It shouldn't work. It absolutely should not work. However, with the balance of the cast and the the direction and the cinematography and everything, I got really into it. I'm watching this <laughs> game, and I'm like, I've never cared about a football game in my entire life. But I'm like, I'm like, come on, Pele, come on, show us what you're worth. Come on, you can do it. And and they have and like it's a true underdog story as well. Like so, it's mm. well in Stallone's wheelhouse for like Rocky and all that. You know, they're well trained, the German officers, they're well fed. You know, all that sort of stuff. These guys, have, there's a crooked ref as well, which Max von Sydow is not really like the true Nazi. He's not the white supremacist. He 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 believes in honor. He believes in a good game and just you know two teams playing their best against each other. Like yeah, that. he's a decent man, isn't he? Yeah, he's a nice. He's not not a nice guy, but he's he's a footballer at heart. He's a soldier, probably second, and he's not really. I wouldn't call him a Nazi, but um, it's really interesting and and it's really like there's some really disturbing bits like. They need to so Sylvester Sylvester Stallone's character Hutch, I think it is, or Hatch, escapes. Hatch, yeah. yeah, escapes, and he he's been told that he's got to contact the French resistance so the team can escape as a propaganda victory for mm. the Allies um, after the game, and and he's got to organise that, and he gets put when he he returns to the prison to give the message to the team, but he gets put in solitary, and Michael Caine says, "Well, I need him as goalkeeper." because the other guy's broken his arm. And they're like, really? When did that happen? Oh, this morning. He hasn't broken his arm at all. They go in and they go, right, mate, we've got to break your fucking arm. And they they break the guy's arm just so that they can they can do all this stuff. And Kane isn't, it's, kind of, it's almost like um, Mean Machine meets 
um, Bridge on the River Kwai uh, meets kind of a Great Escape. Yeah, meets the Great Escape is yeah, the best yeah. one. And there's a chance where they can escape. So they've organised this escape. It's in it's in the little bath in the training room, and you know and they're doing pretty poorly, but they've got a couple of goals in, and they they're getting the the crowd are getting behind them and getting all riled up. And you know, right at the last minute, like Stallone's like, "We've got to go, we've got to escape," and they're like, "No, we're going to stay and we're going to win." And, and <laughs> it's like, why would you do that? Why? Absolutely. Yeah. What? But you kind of, you kind <laughs> of are with them. You kind of agree, even though yeah. like, it's utterly ridiculous. You know, it's they're at war and stuff. And again, I won't, I won't spoil how the game ends, but it's brilliant. It's a lot of fun. It's stupid. It's ludicrous, but it's got, there's, they bring in some Czechoslovakian prisoners of war as well. And they've been in some horrendous, they're in horrendous state. They're all kind of emaciated, starving, dirty, uh, ill. And they're like, we have to play this game now. You know, Kane isn't, isn't bothered about, about the war or the resistance. He just, he's just waiting for it to be over. He just wants to play a football game. That's all he cares about. But because they bring over these, these, players that are just in an absolute state he goes no we have to play now because we can't have these guys be sent back it's not it's not on and it's great it's just a lot of fun so like what do you what do you tell tell us about how much you like it because you're clearly obviously a massive fan oh yeah it's one of those films it's just been i mean it came out in what 81 so it's you know i was about two years old when it came out so it's just always been there you know i remember watching it with my granddad when i was yeah. a kid it's, just, it's always on on a bank holiday or something like that isn't it it's a it's a, it's a classic film but um, it, i mean again you can't take it seriously like michael kane's character is supposed to be i think i think they, they mentioned that he was england football captain before the war yes, or something like yeah. this he's, he's actually a pro footballer mm. but at this point kane's deep into his 40s <laughs> has got a little gut on him as well it's like fucking pro footballer as if you know um so it kind of stretches the sort of yeah. rules of credibility C- considering he's a prisoner of war as well he seems pretty well fed you know yeah uh, exactly yeah <laughs> he doesn't look like he's been suffering in camp does he looks like he's been living well um but um yeah but uh, kane is i mean i do like michael kane as an actor but he is the same in everything yeah sure. he does pretty much so he's playing himself here mm. still owns quite good value he's quite enthusiastic in it looks like he's I think he's, to... he's yeah he's, he's almost playing the opposite of all the other characters. He's like he's the exact opposite. It's so different. He's trying to escape. Like the opening scene of this is quite dark because it's about a guy escapes and he gets like machine gunned down straight away. Yeah. And they're like, oh god, lads, we failed the escape and and all this. And it's it's like quality acting talent as well. And if you're a fan of Peep Show, uh, Mark Corrigan's dad's in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. if, you've ever, if you've ever seen Beep Show, uh, he's in it. He's in it. He plays the guy who's like the tech guy. Who does the oh right? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great it's a great fun film. Again, if you've got to suspend your disbelief quite a bit, really, oh, to yeah. watch it, you do totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fans of uh, football fans would probably enjoy it a lot because oh, yeah. all the all the all the team, the prisoner of war team, they're all pro footballers from that yeah. time obviously like you said Pele and Bobby Moore obviously Stallone and Michael Caine aren't footballers yeah. but all the rest are mm. pro footballers Ozzy Ardiles is in there it was a legend at that time and and Mike Summerby Man- Manchester City legend mm. a lot of them are, are in it and every single person's like a, a genuine footballer from the time so that gives it a little bit of a little bit of authenticity yeah it, sure yeah good. like like you said that when the, I think the 4-1 the like you said the 4-1 the down at half time yeah. they're getting dicked and 
obviously the, the, the allies break in under the bath <laughs> and they're like, let's go, let's go. Stallone's, Stallone's in the bloody hole with them. He's, yeah. he's gone. He's, he's, he's halfway across the English Channel, Stallone. Mm. And Kane's like, no, we, you know, we can win this. We scored a bloody goal. And, and, it, and it's like, come on, as if you would do such a thing. But, mm. you know, obviously it makes for a, a much better film. And then the, guess, end, yeah. the end's very triumphant. Isn't oh, it? yeah, yeah. I, again, I, I, won't, I won't spoil the end of it. Um, you know, I've talked about a lot of it throughout, but... Um, yeah, it's 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 fun and it's ridiculous, and you know it, it was a nice change of pace for, again from all these gritty and dark ones I was watching. This one is has a sense of fun. It keeps that it keeps that realism to a point, and then you know it discards it. But you know, and Stallone does have some good scenes and some some good moments and stuff. But um, but yeah, I think he's he he knows the character he's playing is going to be irritating because it's just the whole idea is he's getting on Kane's you know that uh, bloody nerve about uh, constantly every scene he's getting on his yeah. nerve um he's like he's like does your uh does your goalkeeping skills have to have something to do with your mouth but yeah just uh it's a blast it's a silly silly fun film but there's some really nice moments and there's a there's a really great moment with Pele and Max von Sydow's character mm. which I think is really telling for that for Max von Sydow's character as well that mm. that moment um but again I won't spoil it but yeah check it out it's a lot of fun um it's not available currently on any streaming sites or anything I don't think but you could probably rent it on YouTube and iTunes all the usual places Amazon um or you can buy a copy of the DVD I'm sure I'm not sure it's got a blu-ray but um but go go and see it cuz um it's got it's got some of your favorite actors in if you like football you'll get some out if you like World War II and that history and that element, yeah. um, I think you'll get some out of it as well. Yeah, I think so. It's on it's on British TV all the time as well. It's <laughs> yeah. on ITV too <laughs> every month, I think. So yeah. if they, side you by hang side. in there long enough, it'll come around. Side by side with The Mummy Returns, I think, ITV too. Yeah, yeah. The most shown film on that channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we bought the rights for this film forever, so we're always going to show it. <laughs> yeah. But um, what's next on your list, Max? Well, I'm keeping with the Sly Stallone theme here, and I'm jumping forward to 2013. So I've missed out Sly's other 80s prison-based films, Lock Up. Oh, yeah. uh, I've mentioned before Tango and Cash as well. Mm. But I'm jumping ahead to 2013, and it's the teaming up of two titans in Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it is Escape Plan. Nice. Good shout. I'll be brutally honest, and it it isn't the, the world's greatest film, but for what it means to have Stallone and Schwarzenegger team. And now I know Schwarzenegger's in the Expendables films sure. with Stallone, but Schwarzenegger's presence in those films is very fleeting. Stallone is the star of those films and, and Schwarzenegger just pops in each film here and there, doesn't he? Whereas this film is very much a two-hander. Granted, it was probably about 20 years too, <laughs> too late. Yeah. They should have done it when both were in their absolute prime and, mm. you know, as zenith as action men and not waited till they were both at this point mid 60s uh, or deep into the 60s actually at this point so it is a little bit too late but it's just you can't underestimate what especially someone like me who was born in 79 and grew up through the 80s and and, and the 90s those two guys were my heroes basically and, and still are to a certain extent so to actually get them together on film i mean they could literally walk on to a, a camera soundstage together just sit there staring into the abyss for 90 minutes and then walk off and I'd still watch it because <laughs> because it's the two of them together. Um, so it is great fun. I mean, the, the story is one of the most absurd stories ever. So Stallone's profession in this is that he's like the owner of this security consultancy firm and his job is to basically be sent to these uh, maximum security supermax prisons in America and break out of them, basically to test 
their security and how secure it is. So he, he gets sent in under deep cover to these, you know, supermax prisons. He escapes from every single one, and then he goes back to the prison to tell them exactly how he did it, so they can strengthen their security to make them escape proof. Um, and the, his opening escape is actually quite genius as well. It's kind of like you know, prison break levels of. of mm ridiculousness yet also really good ingenuity um and then he you know he gets offered another contract to go to this new supermax prison and then you find out he's been sort of double crossed by his business partner and he's sort of left there to rob but Schwarzenegger's another inmate in there with his own agenda and you find out why he's sort of been involved in Stallone being sent there mm. and the two of them form this coalition so it, you know it, it's a very Unusual film, it's, the cast is extremely diverse as well, because obviously you've got Sly and Arnie, your two stars. But then you've got some real thespian types. You've got like Amy Ryan, Vincent D'Onofrio, Sam Neill has a, a quite a decent role as the ship's, oh, yeah. as the uh, prison ship's um, doctor. But then you know, on the other side of the spectrum, you've got fucking 50 Cent and Vinnie Jones in this. You know? <laughs> so, Jim, Jim Caviezel, yeah. And Jim Caviezel as is, is the warden, another sort of uh, right-wing wrongen as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but um, so yeah, it's it's a really ca- unusual cast. You've got a bit of everything in there. You got your two action legends. You've got some people who've done some really heavy quote unquote acting stuff, and then you've got you know Fifty Cent and Vinnie Jones. So, <laughs> so it, there's something for everyone there. And it's it's, it's a, again, it's not one of those you have to watch. And if you want a sort of study of of hardcore prison life and degradation and suffering, this ain't the film for that. No. But it's just it's good fun. It's good action. I mean. You act, although they're on the same side, you briefly get to see the two of them fight in like this kind of they stage a fight to kind of get themselves both thrown into solitary so they can get the lay of the land and plan their escape. And it, you know, it's the two of them sort of throwing fists, and then Schwarzenegger ends it by putting Stallone in a, in a vertical suplex. WWE style, he literally vertical suplexes Sly over his head into, into you know into like the prison canteen. So, but again, that ties into it being a little bit too late because it would have been great to see them absolutely mm. battering each other in the eighties. And oh, you know, yeah. when they when they were both, you know, like gods, you know, it's kind of like two old men, two drunk old men mm. staggering at each other. But I do, it, I do have a feeling though, it would be yeah. like a, a Fast and the Furious situation because the ego. I imagine they'd be like, "Well, you can't have, you can only have five punches because I've only had five punches, so I can't. You can't look like you're beating me or look like you're winning." Uh, it's got to be even, completely even. And it's like, yeah, I imagine it would have been like that back in the day. So Yeah, like the Rock and Vin Diesel yeah. situation, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you neither one wanting to look to look weaker than the other. Um, but that, but I think- that's what makes characters good. When the like, look at Indiana Jones, he gets beaten up all the time. He gets, you know, smacked about. That's what makes him such a good hero because he carries on. Look at bloody Stallone and Rocky, you know, he gets absolutely shit kicked out of him. And he keeps on going. That is more interesting than someone looking well-hard and tough. Yeah, yeah. I prefer that as well. You don't, you know, I love Steven Seagal, but every film he's in, he, he very, he very rarely takes a punch, let alone, mm. you know, gets. Well, he, he very rarely moves, Max. <laughs> like well, he's got, yeah, he's got, yeah. but he's got stunt doubles for days, even if it's just walking into a room. It's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. These days, it is very true. You can basically, unless his face is on camera, it ain't him. <laughs> so you just see someone from the back. So yeah, I mean, yeah, this film is is great fun, and, and it's just a good. It's a good romp to see two of the all time great action stars do their thing one more time together. It did spawn two sequels, actually, but Schwarzenegger didn't come back for them. But Stallone's in the pair of them, mm. and Dave Batista is in both of them as well. I guess as a, sure. 
de facto replacement for Schwartz, kind of a modern day Schwarzenegger, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but both of those went straight to video. I haven't even watched them, to be honest. I, re- I remember the second one got delayed by years and years and years for some reason. I don't know if it was like a legal thing or something, right. but I remember it was supposed to come out of the cinemas, but there was some sort of problem or issue. And it was like, and I remember that the third one came out before the second one did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, but, they're but, all yeah. on Amazon Prime in the UK. So anyone, can, all three of them, so you can check them out. But you can see the drop off in in quality from the first mm-hmm. one in terms of budget and star power. I've, you know. I've definitely seen Escape Plan. I saw it a fair while ago, but I remember really enjoying it. I, again, like you said, it's not like top tier something, but I got I got something out of it. And you know, I love the bit where he's like, "You punch like a vegetarian," you know, and all that. That made, that made me chuckle. And and there's some there's some good moments. I like and again, I like the. For me, like the prison escape stuff is the best, where it's the intricacies and the, you know, and the, how they do this and what they use. And, you know, I've learned quite a bit watching these prison films. I've learned that obviously you've got to join a racist gang if you get in there. You've got to beat the first person up you you meet. If you yes. have a if you have a spoon, you can basically escape prison. That's that's yeah. what I've learned. Um, you know, either you're going to have sex with someone of the same sex, or it's gonna happen whether you like it or not. Um, I think that's a, that's another thing in these prison films. <laughs> lots lots of other uh, kind of tropes that you know corrupt corrupt officials and police you know uh, wardens and guards and stuff yeah. for days. Lots of that, lots of that. And I've already mentioned all the ickier stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like Escape Plan. I think, like you said, it's got a good balance of kind of quality actors and the kind of more kind of uh, action oriented kind of um, genre kind of film characters and stuff. But yeah, I think it's a good choice. I think it's an, a really interesting choice. I think it's probably better than lockup i think for me if i'm talking about stallone and prison films but again that's a that's another conversation for another day i think but yeah great 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 choice uh, anything else you want to say about it just if you want to enjoy it go for it it's again it's not it's not high art by any stretch of the imagination but it's it's just a well-made solid prison break film with you know bankable names in it some good action in it you know the the, the actual breakout sequence is pretty good you know it mm. goes it goes old school with Stallone and Schwarzenegger just blowing everything up in <laughs> in their wake and, and and you know ridiculous stunts as well you know they make Stallone out to look like Superman in this film they really do but it, it is just great fun you know if you're a fan of of, of either men then you'll enjoy it couldn't agree more okay so uh i'm going back to our women in prison uh movies so i have picked i've had a bit since i did samurai month uh funny you should mention that max i've had a bit of a a, a kind of a love and appreciation for meiko kaji from uh, lady snowblood which i think is an absolutely excellent film mm-hmm. um if you've not seen that go and find lady snowblood if you can there are dvds available which i bought um, it's incredible. It's such a great, great film and influenced Kill Bill massively. So uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, I fell in love with her singing voice and I fell, fell in love with her acting and the minimal dialogue she has uh, only brings to the fore how talented she is. So uh, this is a film she did before Lady Snowblood and it's called Female Prisoner Scorpion 701. And it's from 1972. It's available on the Arrow Video uh, app. It had all of the films, all of the the series of films, I think it's five, um, are available. I've watched the first two, and this is my favourite. Now, again, we talked about all the icky stuff. This does have a lot of the ickier kind of rape, molestation, torture, women being treated fucking awfully, and characters being treated awfully. And uh, but this film is is kind of like when art house meets exploitation again, much like Lady Snowblood. 
it is gorgeously done, but it is kind of brutal and has all the kind of tropes that exploitation films have. Yeah. And it is somewhat a feminist film, but I don't know. There's a, that much kind of torture and abuse of women in it. I don't know if you could argue some of the more feminist tropes in it, but it's about a character called uh, Miko, I think, or Matsu. Yeah, Matsu, uh, which I think is Scorpion in, in Japanese. Uh, and she is basically this young, virginial woman. She meets a police officer, uh, falls in love, loses her virginity to the police officer, and he says, I need your help on a case. And he sends her in on a kind of a drug deal, and then she's gang-raped and attacked, and then the cop walks in, and he uses this as leverage against the Yakuza, uh, the Japanese mob, uh, to get some money and to get get in and higher in the rankings of the Yakuza. Mm -hmm. She is obviously quite upset, about this and tries to murder him outside the police station and slashes away, tries to stab him. And eventually she's sent away to this prison for murder. Yeah. Uh, solitary confinement. She's basically chained up and left on the floor. Um, she's dangerous, deadly, and she is this killer instinct and desire for revenge that will not stop her getting out of that prison and getting her revenge on that cop. And the way it's shot, it's almost like a theatrical it's, it's almost like theatre. There's these revolving stages and lighting, the cinematography. And this kind of offsets a lot of the kind of ickier, disgusting and darker elements. So it yeah. makes it somewhat palatable, uh, those kind of things that are going on, because it's almost like very, it's a little bit like Riccio in some ways. It's set in the future, it's a very bare prison. I think I think both characters actually get buried underground right. and they, get they do the whole shoveling uh, dirt on them. I think yeah. that happens in both films. It's really good. And again, Mei Kakaji says almost no dialogue in this entire film. It's all in her eyes. And she's got this deadly, intense stare. And every time she looks into you, you it's almost like all your sins are coming out. They're like, she knows. She knows about the things I've done. Oh, uh, it's so intense and so uh, amazing. And she doesn't give a fuck. Like there's a woman who comes in and tortures her, pours boiling water on her. And then uh, she trips her up and causes the boiling water to go on herself. Um, kills her, kills another prison guard. Like she, she gets like a bit of, I think it's like a stick or something, and she sharpens it. And then when the guy comes in to torture or rape her, just stabs her in the, stabs him in the neck. Um, there's a shower scene where uh, these characters are going to kill this this one woman, but Mako um, uh, Kaji characters, Scorpion. Uh, I think it's like, oh no, that's it. She, they, they plant some, some um, plant a weapon on her. And they said, oh, this is her weapon. But actually, uh, Scorpion puts it in the person who tried to put it in the other person's clothes and ends up, and it just becomes this weird lighting. And almost this person turns into a demon and tries to stab her, but actually stabs the warden's eye out. Um, yeah, it's it's fucking brutal and insane. It's, there is a lot of thing kind of links to Riccio. I think if you, but it is a lot more serious. There's a lot more yeah. kind of drama and things. Um, but it's really good, really interesting. Uh, Mako Kaji again sings the title song. Uh, again, it's all about vengeance and beautiful women and getting their vengeance and stuff. Um, but it's really good. Again, if you've got the Arrow app or you know if you've got access to it somehow, like check check at least the first one out. People say the second one is better. I don't think I agree. Um, I will say that the choreo some of the fight choreography is a bit poor um, in certain scenes, but generally it's it's a fun, stylish, slick film. It's got great acting in it, great performances, and she does care genuinely about some of the characters in there, but it's very few and far between. Uh, everybody else she will hate and kill and doesn't give a fuck. And uh, whether she gets her revenge or not, I will let you find out. <laughs> 
It sounds good. So it's from about the early 70s then. Yeah, 1972. So it's kind of part of that kind of era. And I think, again, Meiko Kaji's work has kind of more than likely influenced a lot of the, the feminist kind of action heroes we have now, like, you know, like Ripley, like your your um, your Sarah Connors and yeah. all the other stuff we have now, you know, your Scarlett Johansson's and whoever. Yeah. I think there's there's definitely a DNA and there's definitely a, a trickle down of some of the stuff that she, she did and some of the stuff she pioneered in as a woman in Japan. She was a star and it's, you know, not many... Uh, many women in Japan, you could say, out and out in the seventies, were an absolute star and and you know changed the paradigm forever. And I think Meiko Kaji is definitely one of those. So she is she in the the subsequent films that follow? Yeah, she's, she's same in, character as well. Yeah, yeah, she's in all of those. She's in Lady Snowblood. I think there's another one called Stray Cat Rock, uh, which right. is a series of films which are also on Arrow. Just Lady Snowblood isn't on Arrow at the moment, but all of her films are on there. So if you, I, I. Absolutely. Just check out any of her films, anything she's in, because I think she is utterly, utterly fantastic, a fantastic actor and will really, you know, cap- really captures something uh, in her, every performance that she has. Um, and she, there's a grace to her and a beauty to her, but also you wouldn't want to fuck with her either. <laughs> Definitely not, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check, check a female prisoner scorpion, or sometimes it's called female convict scorpion 701 uh, and all the subsequent films, because she's in all of them and she's on all those straight cat rock films as well. So and they realise she's so strong an actress they were like we can't replace her there's no way we've got to keep her on um so they did but yeah what's up next max right well my fifth and, and final choice brings us up uh, almost to the present day 2017 we're coming up to now Ooh. and it is the incredibly brutal hard-hitting film brawl in cell block 99 wow yes starring vince vaughn and most people when you hit think of vince vaughn you think of like broad comedies which is how you know how he built his stardom i mean he's obviously done serious roles throughout his career but his stardom when you think of the films he's been in you tend to think of films like the wedding crashers and hmm. old school and things like that you know where you know good good comedies but this is anything but this is this is a film which is not played for laughs to say the very least this is one of the most he probably has the funniest lines in it though i will say that a lot he has some quite good one-liners yeah but Mm. they're done in such a deadpan way it's Mm. not a comedic delivery but uh yeah but this this is probably one of again like ricky o but deadly serious in its Mm. brutality this this brutality isn't ott or unrealistic it's incredibly realistic Mm. um in this in this film his character he's sort of a you get the impression he used to be a drug mule and he sort of left that left behind. He's working at like a, a garage or something like this, gets laid off from his job, goes home and finds out his wife's been cheating on him with someone else. She has like a, like a love bite on her neck, which kind of gives again, she confesses she's been seeing someone else. So he, he calmly sort of sends her back into the house and then beats up her car. <laughs> he, he literally demolishes her car with his bare fucking hands it is quite something and then they go in the house and reconcile and decide to as you do after such a an event to give the marriage one more go and then it flashes forward 18 months and he's gone back to his drug muling ways obviously doing very well for himself because they've got a lovely house much Mm. bigger house now and she's heavily pregnant i think due to give birth in sort of i think 60 days or Mm. something like that so life's pretty good and his sort of boss gets him to go and do this uh, job uh, drug running job with a couple of mexicans who are like the henchmen of this mexican cartel guy that he's Mm. partnering up with and the august hits up and he gets sentenced to uh 
I think it's something like seven years, seven or eight years in prison because he won't he won't give any give them any names. Basically, he's going to do his time like a man in like a medium security prison where they, tr- they treat you quite well. It, you know, the guards seem quite fair, firm but fair. Uh, and then he gets the visitor, and it's the wonderful Udo Kia. Mm. genre favorite who is probably one of the most evil men in the history of cinema if you want a, a baddie uh, someone to like a demonic character then udo Kier is your man and basically says to him if you don't get yourself transferred to this other prison and kill this inmate by a certain name we will basically get your wife and kill the bit you know i, yeah. I don't really want to describe the methods they say they're going to use. No, it's pretty It's pretty fucked up. It's pretty yeah. fucking horrific, really. But, you know, it's not going to end well. So he basically has to viciously beat up the prison guys to get himself transferred to this maximum security prison. And this prison is probably the the, the hellest of hellholes you could ever see. It is the most d- disgusting, dirty prison. His cell floor is covered in broken glass. The, uh, the warden, played by the magnificent Don Johnson, Warden Tugs is his name. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic name. Another absolute piece of work as a warden. Like I said, all these films are warden is horrific. He is here. And they fit him with like this electric shock belt. Mm-hmm. So if he steps out of line, he just gets shocked and writhes around in agony. And then, you know, again, I don't want to spoil it too much, but you discover that what they asked him to do to get to this prison was kind of a setup, and life as we know it is going to be pretty horrific for him moving forward. Um, but yeah, what a brutal film. Some of the violence in this film is some of the most explicit violence you're ever going to see. Absolutely. Yeah. When, he, when, <laughs> when he kills some of the other inmates in this film, it isn't like a quick sort of, you know, break your neck or or stab you a few times in the gut and away you go. People are dying in this in the most horrific and graphic of ways. Um, it's definitely not for the faint of heart, but it, it's a great, it's a great film. And Vince Vaughn is, is magnificent. His performance. He's great. Is, yeah. yeah. It's not what you expect from Vince Vaughn. He's, he, he is utterly convincing. He, he's a big bloke in real life as well. Yeah. I think he's about six, five in, in real life. So it, it works as him being this, you know, massive you know killing machine kind of fella you know you buy him in the role you don't go that's vince vaughn you know i saw him mm. fred in fucking fred claus <laughs> and, here, <laughs> and, here, and here he is you know taking on the worst the worst with his bare hands mm. in this um horrific prison but you know you buy it um and he is excellent in it it, it is a great film isn't it Oh, absolutely! I watched it as well quite recently, and mm. and even I like even watching stuff like Riccio and all the stuff I kind of watch. I'm like, it did still shock me that the absolute brutality of it. There's there's a there's a bit where he kind of steps on a guy's head, crushes it, and then drags it across the floor, and it's almost like he's just had his his face pulled off. It's fucking yeah. disgusting. It's very pra- they use practical effects as well, which I love. Mm. And there's and you feel every punch and break and bone and you know he's he's fracturing bones and sticking out of people's arms and stuff. And yeah, it's it's it, it it gave me a lot of vibes of kind of like the 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 Punisher scene in Daredevil where he's in the prison and he's like stabbing all the guys up in that like hallway kind of prison mm. hallway bit. Yeah, I just thought I thought it was excellent. Um it's it, it's uh, it's quite similar to my next choice, but we'll we'll get into that. Um yeah, I thought it was great. I thought the performance was great. I think it was dark. It was disturbing. It didn't go anywhere I thought it was going to go. I thought it might go this boxing route because initially there's like talk about him becoming a boxer maybe and a lot of these prison films do kind of go into a boxing kind of It's alluded thing. to that he was a bo- he did box in hmm. the past I think at some point. Yeah. Because the, the the guy in the the initial prison he goes to tries to re- recruit him for the boxing 
boxing team, doesn't he? And he kind of says, oh, I used, you know, I was, I've had, I have spent time in the ring or something. Mm. So, yeah, you know, it's alluded to, but uh, no, and, and <laughs> anything but it is, it is, it's hard hitting stuff, yeah. this film. And it's like, it's, it's not, a, it's not like a complex plot. It's not, you know, it's not got lots of twists and turns and, and stuff. No. It's pretty by the numbers, but it's, it's just quality. The performances are there. The just the way it's shot is there. The the idea of the kind of loneliness and the confined kind of prison cells. You get a feeling of that. And I think a lot of these films do give you that loneliness and that desire to escape. And you can escape, you know, within your mind and stuff. Um, but this is just horrendous and brutal. And it, it just goes to show how prison can change a man and and what they'll do to protect their family um no matter what they have to do is required they'll they'll do it or they find they'll find a way to do it and his methods get more and more brutal as as the film goes on and he gets you know and he gets puts up with so much damage and violence and and abuse but again it doesn't break him they don't let like these prison films they don't let them break him because that's that's the main thing once you're broken you're gone but you know don't let them grind don't let the bastards grind you down you know yeah, that, absolutely yeah that sort yeah. of thing so we get we get a real sense of that and yeah, if you, you know, I, I, I've seen his work before. I saw, I watched Bone Tomahawk, which is insanely violent. Um, and I love that as well. So I'm, I'm, I need to watch uh, Dragged Across Concrete. I think that's the other one he did. Yeah. Vince Vaughn's in that as well. And I think Mel Gibson as well, the, the yeah. two stars of it. Yeah. Yeah. The director's called S. Craig Zala, who mm. did those those three films so he seems to have calmed carved out a niche for himself as making u- <laughs> uber violent, hard hitting uh, films. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, uh, excellent choice. Another brilliant, brilliant choice. Uh, I'm going to uh, to quickly go on to mine, uh, which is, again, a very similar film, also from 2017. And I think, again, would make a really good double bill with, with Brawl from Cell Block 99. It is Shot Caller. And mm. it stars uh, Jamie Lannister. Fucking Jamie Lannister. Uh, it stars The Punisher. You've got Lake Bell in there. You've got Schmidt from uh, from New Girl. He's in it as well, very briefly. It's uh, a story of basically a businessman who is, you know, celebrate out celebrating a new business deal, a very, you know, uh, you know, big deal, a big, huge kind of merger or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And he's driving his friends and his family, his friend, his wife and and his friend's partner home. He's had a little bit to drink, has a massive collision, car crash, kills his best friend. He's devastated, can't believe it. He finds out that he's been done for manslaughter and he's going away for a, a, like seven years again, I think it is, something like that. And it's told out of order. So you start off with this character who is actually a white in a white supremacist gang. He's just come out of prison. There's a big kind of arms deal they've got to, they've got to work out. He's got to meet people. He's got to do stuff. He's being very cautious because he's been watched by uh, like the DEA or whoever, the, whoever it is. Um, they're just kind of, you know, being watched in, and he's got all the tattoos. He looks totally different. He's got a, like handlebar moustache, proper Hogan handlebar moustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he looks absolutely completely different. And then you flash back uh, to the beginning where he's, you know, this very handsome, clean cut guy. And and you see it kind of keeps going between cleeps flitting between the modern day and where these characters are now and, and what they were back in the prison and and that kind of experience. And again, it is another story, much like Brawl 90, Brawl in Cellbock 99. I'll get That's my it. words out. That's the one. Um, it is, you know, how how much prison can change you and and what you have to do to survive and the kind of friends you make and the enemies you make and the kind of violent acts you have to 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 do. 
And it's really fascinating to see this character, the just the dichotomy to it's it's almost you're seeing the two ends kind of meet at the end when it kind of comes to together and kind of makes a full picture. Again, I don't want to ruin it, but it's very grim, very gritty. It's from from a director who directed another prison film with Stephen Dorff and Val Kilmer called Felon. Um, but I think maybe that was a dry run for this because I think this is truly, truly excellent. It is available on Netflix as well. It's uh, really good. It's emotional as well. It's really kind of, there's daggers in your heart. Some of the some of the he writes a letter to his son he's never met. He meets his son. He try he's trying to keep him away because he's like a totally different person. He's dangerous. He's trying to protect them. Uh, he doesn't. They don't quite understand. You know, they're getting the divorce. You know, she's had to, you know, leave. She was a designer, an architect. She's had to stop that to try and fund, you know, uh, the court, the the lawyers and everything and all the legal fees, you know. And it's 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 grim, it's gritty, it's dark and depressing. Um, but, like, uh, John Bernthal has a great performance in it, is, you yes. know, doing what he does best. The, again, grim and gritty and, and dark and disturbing characters. But, yeah, you've got Benjamin Bratton there as well, who's, uh, you know, a familiar face to many people. If you've seen Miss Congeniality or Catwoman, he's in those. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he's in De- Demolition Man as well, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, Doctor um, Strange. Yeah, Doctor, yeah, shit, Doctor Strange. Yeah, you're right. But, yeah, I, I, I got a lot out of this, and, uh, and that's why I included it on the list i think i think it's got probably a better plot than brawl i think there's a stronger plot element to it um i think that's the only reason i chose it over brawl but yeah brawl has the intensity as well and and that great performance but there is a bit more of a kind of storyline and uh and there's a the ramping up of uh of that storyline the consequences of of what he does and and how he treats people and who he meets as well um definitely an excellent film you've seen it as well yeah i watched it um not that long ago um as a result of you saying you were perhaps gonna gonna uh, bring it up and it is it's a great film i can't recommend it highly enough it's also one of the most tense films i think i've ever Ooh, seen yeah the, especially the prison set stuff even though even though you know because like you said at the start it shows him coming out of his 10-year stretch and you're filling in the gaps as you get to like you said the past meet the present mm. but even then the, the, the scenes in prison and the the sense of da- the sense of danger yeah. like you said the, the stuff he has to do to to get by and the transformation from one end of the spectrum to the other and the kind of man he is versus the kind of man he was it's staggering really his performance is i mean i can't even pronounce his his uh, name yeah N- like you said, Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister. Uh, <laughs> Nikolai Costa Waldo or something like that. I, yeah. I can't remember how you pronounce it, but he he is superb and he's a yeah. great leading man in this. And it's a great deep cast as well. It really is. Right, it's just full of great um, performances and and he's especially good. You know, he got absolute character that absolutely goes through the fucking ringer uh, in this. Um I I I imagine it's called shot caller because he calls the shots, you know, when he's outside, when on, on the outside. Yeah. It's kind of because he, he he goes up in the ranking for this white supremacist gang. And then in the end he's basically all the people he's met, he's he's surpassed them and gone gone above them or they've died as a result of you know riots in prison and stuff and mm. you know and he's had to kill several people and you know that changes him as well and he has these he's having this panic attack before he kills his first guy and they're like oh he's gonna snap and yeah absolutely is fucking really tense really fucking dense film yeah it is yeah. It's great, though. I love it. Oh, it's so, so good. Um, right. Well, before we run out of time, uh, wanna, uh, do you have any honourable mentions? Oh, yeah, I've got a few. I was, I, I mean, trying to whittle it down to fives, a bit of a struggle, isn't it? There it was is. A few, really it really is. Was, they're really, yeah. I mean, I was really at one point going to include in the name of the father, 
uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, mm. Pete Postlethwaite, Emma Thompson. I watched that recently. That's a great film. Um, you know, some more sort of frivolous choices like Death Warrant, the Jean-Claude Van Damme sure. movie, or, or The Rock even. That, yeah. You know, it, well, well, it's it takes place on a, in a prison, but it's not mm. a prison film per se, yeah. isn't it? But it, it, it still kind of works. I was very much tempted to... Um, could use half past dead as well. Okay. But I think people aren't ready for a film which stars the Holy Trinity of Steven Seagal, Ja Rule, and Morris Chestnut. Um <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the show all by itself, I think. Half past dead. Yeah. Um, wow. Half past um, dead. Yeah. Seagal's last cinematic hurrah. That was his last starring really? role that went to theatrical release before he went to his uh director video phase that's lasted last, lasted last 20 <laughs> years um so yeah that was on my uh, my radar as well but i think i think the five I've, I've come up with were probably the best five i could come up with but any of those could have easily made the cut i mean the list is endless isn't it it is it is i've got a few more i've already mentioned wedlock earlier um kiss of the spider woman's a really interesting one it's about these two prisoners one's like a uh, revolutionary and one's like a, a trans person yeah um it's really good really wonderful kind of character work in that Raul Julia and uh, William Holden, I think, I think his right. name is. Um, he's a uh, uh, Ross, General Ross in the MCU, that one. Uh, oh, Will- William Hurt, yeah. William Hurt, that was it. So. Yeah. Uh, Midnight Express, obviously, is a good one. Um, I watched The Mothers, which is like a women in prison film mixed with black exploitation, mixed with pirates from uh, 1976. <laughs> Tarantino's a big fan. I can see why. It's right up his alley. Um, yeah. Vendetta is a good one. It's about a, a woman. It's another woman in prison film where a stunt woman's sister accidentally kills a rapist, sent to prison, and then is killed in the prison by the prisoners. She goes in and she basically martial arts martial arts kicks them to death. All the people that killed her sister. So that was a that was a fun one. That's on YouTube as well. Uh, check out YouTube because there's a lot of these on there if you're having a look. <laughs> um, a Man Escaped is a French film from 1956, which I thought was really good. The, the actual escape at the end, again, it's a very abrupt ending, but uh, all the way up until the end, I really, really got really into it. Um, it's like a war set one, and you don't really see the Nazis as well, which is quite an interesting thing. Um, and then the last two are two Robert Redford classics, uh, Brew Baker, where he plays a nice warden. Oh, that's a collector's item. I know, right? Um, <laughs> it's partly based on a true story, and he goes in undercover into the prison, then he goes shut up, stop that, I'm the warden, I'm going to change all this. Mm. And uh, whether he's successful or not, I'll let you know. And The Last Castle with uh, Robert Redford and right, J- yeah. James Gandolfini is a great film. Uh, military prison, yes. Gandolfini's abusive, and Robert Redford's a Vietnam survivor, veteran, and he goes in because he you know, disobeyed an order or something. Um, but yeah, check that one out. That's a really fun one as well. Um, right, so let's go on to the listener comments. We're running out of time very quickly. Um, so our friend John Hammond, so that's at John Hammond 73 on uh, Twitter, has said, prison movies, The Birdman of Alcatraz, Con Air, yes. Escape from Alcatraz, yes. Papillon, mm-hmm. and Escape from New York with a special mention for Escape Plan. But then he changed his mind and he said, no, take out, take out Con Air and replace it with Death Warrant. Man of exquisite taste, no doubt. Absolutely, absolutely. My friend and uh, former guest, Scott, so that's at Scott Hodgey on uh, Twitter, he said, uh, Conair, a prison film in the skies. Steve Buscemi making a child murderer likeable is quite something. (laughs) It's true, though, isn't it? It's true. It is true. i got to give him to that. Uh, Our old friend and and frequent 
guest Dennis has suggested Escape from Soberbore, The Hill uh, with Sean Connery. I did watch that one. Here's a good one. Law Abiding Citizen. Gerard Butler. Yeah. Yes, it's a good film. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I really like that one. Again, not probably not technically a prison film, but it is a lot of it is in prison. Yep. And then the experiment, he says as well. So um, the uh, I think that's the German one, or or a remake of the German one, a death experiment. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go on to uh, the comics in motion um, Discord. Discord, that's the word I was looking for. I'm struggling with. <laughs> so uh, Chris Phelps of uh, VHS Strikes Back says Scum with Ray Winston. Yeah. Dave Horrocks of VHS Strikes Back says uh, Porridge the Movie. Connor Running Man. Mean Machine and The Great Escape. Mike says American History X, so Mike of Genuine Chit Chat, and Shawshank. Uh, those are his favourites. And you've you've suggested Alien 3 as well. All takes place on a prison. It does. Prison Planet. Uh, I Am Jack's Musing says Escape from Alcatraz, Brawl in Cell Block 99, Fortress, No Escape 1994, Cool Hand Luke, The Great Escape, Bronson, Chicken Run. Uh, which was probably my favourite choice I've heard out of all these prison films. Uh, Rescue Dawn, Primal Fear, and Lockout. And uh, Rhea, has, Rhea Carrigan of Femon Film has said Hunger or The Midnight Express or Broke Down Palace. Uh, Broke Down Palace is on Disney Plus if you want to check that out with, uh, with uh, Kate Beckinsale and Claire Danes. And then Aussie Steve has said Fortress Victory, Alien 3, Stir Crazy and Holes, um, which is also good. Tony said... Uh, Bad Boys 1983, Shawshank, Assault on Precinct 13, Face Off, and the standard, the Stanford Prison Experiment, uh, and also Raising Arizona as well. And then uh, Tonya Todd has said, check, check out a film called, a German film called Bandits, which is about a, uh, a, a group of female prisoners who put together a pop punk band, I believe. As you do. As you do. Uh, yeah. But that is it. That is all of our prison prison choices. What do you think of all those listener comments? Are they good ones? Oh, definitely. It just shows what a diverse genre it can be, doesn't it? You mm, know, absolutely. I mean, one, even our picks. You know, there was there's all kinds of different genres within a genre. There, isn't there? You absolutely. know, like you've got the it's, prison break films, you've got your prisoner of war films, you've got your comedies sometimes. Yeah. you know, you lot. can make it whatever you want it to be. Yeah, it's just one of those genres that just will just always be right. It's it's, it's that kind of ultimate into the unknown kind of thing, isn't it? Well, for yeah. me, and I presume you've never served at a Majesty's Pleasure, have you, Dan? No, I've not. I did visit a prison for an acting job, and it was probably yeah. the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced. And it did it did mentally affect me for some time. I actually met I actually met a, a murderer, um, a serial well, not a serial killer, but a, a full on murderer. Um, if you if you want to hear that story, I might leave that for another podcast because we're running out of time. <laughs> um, but Max, you have a you have an excellent podcast. Uh, mandatory Marvel and DC on the Comics in Motion feed. Um, so tell us a little bit about that and then where people can reach you on the social medias. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Maxi Byrne, which is spelled M-A-X-Y-B-Y-R-N-E. If you go there, there's links to the different websites. I write little pieces and reviews, comic book reviews for, by all means, check those out. Mm. And yeah, the show is like Dan said, it's on the Comics in Motion feed. The Twitter page for that is at Comics in Motion P. If you go to there, it'll take you through. It's on all all the major podcast catching apps, it's on there, basically. Um, there's a litany of shows on the Comics in Motion Network by a whole host of different people. There's practically a new show out every day of the week, it seems. So there's plenty of different Pretty content much. on there. Yeah, exactly. Maybe yeah. more. Maybe more. 
Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, my, my show's been on a little bit of hiatus last few weeks, but it will be coming back very soon. Um, mine is Mandatory Marvel and DC, of which you have kind enough to have graced with your presence as a, as a, a guest on one of the episodes previous. Certainly, yeah. Um, and the clue's in the title. It's basically myself and a guest, and the guest comes on and picks a book or story arc from either of the big two of comics, Marvel or DC, obviously, and we talk about it for an hour or so and, you know, discuss the virtues of it or the uh, the not so virtues whatever whatever it may be and just sort of pontificate on how marvelous the guest choice is because the guests make the show so they've picked something that's dear to them so we're not there to to slag it off we're there to to big it up so we've yeah we've had some uh, some interesting choices some uh, oh, yeah. re- obviously some really famous ones that you know the kind of ones that crop up on any sort of blockbuster list but some of the more obscure choices as well so yeah it's been uh, been good so far and we'll uh, a new one coming out quite soon. Yeah, I liked your uh, All Star Squadron one. That was really interesting. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a that really was. interesting pick because again, it wasn't something I'm that familiar with. I like the JSA. I like all that, but yeah, that mm-hmm. was uh, that was one I really, really enjoyed. Uh, one of your more recent ones. But yeah, check it out. Um, and I'll be on. I think I'm going to come on again soon. I think when you when you start up. So yeah, we're we're going to do something a bit similar to what we've done tonight, where we're going to do a top five. Yeah. Um, but it will be a Marvel slash DC related top five. And mm. you are the guest on the show when we record it. So you will be picking the subject matter. So if you want to share what you have decided we're going to do, or it can be subject to change. So don't take yeah. it as gospel. Okay. It, it I, might I, be changed between now and then. But what is it you wanted us to, to cover? I wanted us to do uh, top five dynamic duos. So uh, yes. comic book partnerships, not necessarily romantic partnerships, but they can be as well if, if yeah. you want them to. But, you know, your Captain America Falcons, your uh, your Batman and Robins, your, you know, uh, whatever whatever you may pick. You know, it could be Captain America and Bucky, whatever, Spider-Man, Spider-Bite, you, you name it. Pick, pick, pick whatever you want. So, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I think, uh, I think there'll be a lot to discuss and kind of. It's almost like talking about friendships as well, like partnerships mm. and friendships as well. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but yes, we'll do that very, very soon. I'm sure, or whenever you're free, whenever I'm free, whenever the world allows us. Maybe when we're not at war. Who knows? Uh, hopefully, that won't happen anytime soon. But yes, uh, so uh, I'll tell you all of my stuff. So. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Secret Balls, on Twitter at Dan underscore Balls, Instagram it's at Spider Dan Secret Balls. Like, share, comment, subscribe, etc. And don't forget to use the hashtag Prepare for Prattle when you interact with us. And if you want to hashtag Join the Pratalian and be briefed in full on the Secret Balls, swing over to Prattle World at Spider Dan and the Secret That's B O R E. S. And I'd like to thank my patrons on Patreon. I am Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Byrne, <laughs> Tony Farina, Scott Hodgson, and Simon Cotton for their continuing donations. It is very much appreciated and helps Prattle World keep on turning. So thanks again, Max. You've been wonderful. And I am going to make some more, some more, uh, <laughs> some more. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to do some more patron stuff, some more Patreon stuff. I'm doing it this weekend. I'm gonna hit myself, slap myself until it's made. So we're Great gonna, I mean, you're gonna get something for bang for your book. But uh, thank you again. This has been wonderful. I'm glad that we delved into the prison films. I'm glad you uh, picked this topic because I think it's really interesting. Uh, but I'm looking forward to not watching anything this depressing again for a while. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, that's uh, that's it for me and Max. So take care, guys, and. Uh, 
enjoy yourselves, whatever you might be doing, and please don't end up in prison if you can avoid it.